James Ham on his way into the studio. Matt George going to join us here uh, the final hour of the program. I imagine those are going to be two very different approaches uh, to how today went for the Sacramento Kings, which, of course, resulted in the trade deadline passing and no deals being made. Hey, um, Damien, the Kings won yesterday. As a matter of fact, that they did. The Kings won their 31st win of the season. Matching all of Luke Walton's totals Damn. as a head coach. It's accurate. What? He won 31 games twice. Why did Luke have to be brought up in this? I, I, for context, the Kings, 50-something games into the season, matched what Luke Walton did his two full years as a Kings coach. Well, they, they matched what Luke Walton did while he had Buddy Hield on the team because that was the problem. Two things can be equally true. Um, they surpassed last year's win total, so there's that. The only thing that was worse than Luke Walton was the combination of Luke Walton, <laughs> Alvin Gentry, and Puke Guy. Puke Guy. Where's Puke Guy at? I don't know. Where he at? I don't care where Puke Guy is. The only people <laughs> I want to know where the guys leaving the Chase Center were. Because when them brothers get to – because when, when the Kings get to 40 wins, those brothers got a free pass to come sit in here the whole damn day. Yeah, they, they got to pull up. They got to pull up. Find the we're winning 40 games, guys. Shoot them our contact, and they could come sit in here. They could do the whole damn show with us. They got to pull up. (laughs) Of course, I think some Kings fans are worried that the Kings ain't even going to win 40 games no more. (laughs) Like it's like it's all over. (laughs) Hammer's got to go get his tea before he joins us. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but he's in the building. Uh, yeah, and, and, and we'll talk We'll talk trade deadline stuff when, when James walks in. Uh, he is in the building. We'll, we'll talk to him in just a second. Um, but I, I, I know we've, we've, we've we focused a lot on Malik Monk. We've mentioned Terrence Davis a couple of times. Two things, I, I, one grander point, I thought the bench was incredible last night. Mm-hmm. And I thought Davion Mitchell was really, really good last night. He didn't score 20 points, didn't score 30 points, didn't do anything like that. I noticed Davion Mitchell a lot last night on both ends of the floor. Davion a good ball player, man. I, I didn't realize this until I kind of looked it up, so I'm not saying I, I knew this, but you look at, at his numbers, just his numbers, they're almost all up percentage-wise. The only thing that's not up is the points per game, and a direct correlation to that is the minutes. The minutes are drastically down. So the thought that he wasn't playing well, and while all that's going on, he's still playing A1 defense. So the fact that he wasn't good enough as a backup point guard or, you know, he's, he's regressing this year, yeah, he's resting, but uh, I wish you'd tell the whole story. No, thank you, Doc Carraway. <laughs> Guy's not, not playing as much. So, yeah, yeah, the numbers are going to be down. He's playing like 10 less minutes a night. Really? Yeah, I think last Davion's year. Davion's playing 10 less minutes a night? Last year it was 27-7, I think. And this year, I think it's Davion like Mitchell played 27 minutes a game last year. Mm-hmm. I think this God, year, it's like, I, I think it's I've like tried to block minutes. last year out of my mind. I didn't realize he played that. I didn't much. realize he played that much either. I mean, I know he had a big chunk. He 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 played a ton late, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't think that would have the yeah. average. So 27.7 damn. minutes, 18.2 this year. Wow, he got 11.2 field goals a game last year. Field goal attempts a game. Mm-hmm. This year he's only getting five field goal attempts a game. But he's shooting 46% from the well, field. Why isn't he scoring so much then? 46% from the field compared to 42 last year. 33% from three compared to 31 last year. 
78% from the free throw line compared to 66% last year. Everything's up except for the minutes mm. and obviously the points per game and the shot attempts. And he's still locking well, up on the defensive end. I thought he played really well yesterday. And again, I thought the entire bench played really well. Metsu played total. well yesterday too. Who? Metsu. Oh, yeah, Chemezi did. Uh, 44 points uh, for the entire bench. I actually think Old Reliable, he was the only one who didn't score. Trey Lyles was the only one who didn't score last Damn, night. Damn, I didn't even recognize that. He had a nice little tip jam. That was after the – after the buzzer, that would so so the, so so the new thing in the NBA is to try to dunk on somebody with <laughs> with just a massive, <laughs> even if you KJ don't Martin actually started. do it. <laughs> KJ Ja and Malik Monk do that to, to they're no they're one. they're out of control. Hammer <laughs> is here, I believe he's settled in. James, <laughs> I was wrong. They did not make a single move. What else? How do you feel about that, James? <laughs> um, well, like like we just got done talking to Mike Brown, right? And Mike Brown said like he's never seen a trade deadline where every team in one division got better. Mm. And the only thing I looked at him like uh, he's right, but he he's not right. The only team that didn't get better was the Sacramento Kings. Mm. And that's a problem. I mean, like look there was an arms race. You saw it coming. Yet you, you just I don't know if they didn't have enough to get some deals done. I don't know if like they got outbid. I, but when you see all of the trades that happen and the way they went down, you're just really surprised that the Kings didn't have anything in the tank at all. They they couldn't have pulled off anything when like every other team in the Western Conference playoff race went out and loaded up. And so like, look, I, you're comfortable with your team. That's one thing. I don't know how you can be when you, you're you one of the worst defensive teams in the league and there are defensive players that were available. Um, you can see that some of your guys are running out of gas and that you could have used some, some players to help push you forward. Uh, but maybe they have some big plan for this offseason. Um, I, I just don't know. Like, the whole – like, I – hear a lot of we were with the media guys i hear a lot of people saying oh well it's house money it's house money like (laughs) you're not playing with house money you haven't made the playoffs for 16 consecutive years there is no house money when you're the poor guy at the table there is no such thing as house money like if you don't understand betting you need to go cash out your money and and then play with a few more extra pull a few dollars out of your pocket if you if you believe in the house money thing like, this team is not playing with house money. They're the third seed in the Western Conference. They could easily be the seventh seed in the Western Conference in a week, maybe two. No, not in a week. It, it won't be that long. <laughs> well, I mean, because, no, of the, because of the All-Star break, yeah. But No, like, they lose James, the, no. They lose You're hanging on. Like the James, no. Look, look okay. James, the Pelicans lost 10 straight. Yep. And dropped, what, like 11th, 12th? You know where the Pelicans are now? They're seventh. Yeah. Like, they lost 10 games in a row. I'm just telling you, you can say I'm being negative. You can say whatever. But all I'm saying is that the goal for this team is to not be in the play-in. Because if you're in the play-in, first of all, that is not the playoffs. It's not the playoffs. But secondly, if you're in the play-in this year, that could mean that you're going up against the Lakers, 
It could mean you're going up against the Golden State Warriors. It could mean you're going up against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if you're not secure in your spot, if you're not a six spot, a six seed, and you don't have your playoff spot secured, you can be one and done. You can be two and done. Like it's it's not a foregone conclusion that you're a playoff team. And so I get it. Some people say, well, maybe they just the deals weren't out there. Well, you see the deals now. It's not like somebody I mean, sure, Jay Crowder for five second round picks. That doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> yes, you're not going to get Jay Crowder, but you look at the Thibault deal, and I know for a fact this morning the Kings were uh were in on the Thibault stuff and it just didn't get done that that they went with someone else. But Thibault for two second round picks. That's you got eleven. So it had nothing to do with what the Sacramento Kings were doing or offering. They just went with someone else. Well, or somebody else outbid them. Like, we don't know that. Two second-round picks? That's it. Don't we have, like, four million? You got 11. 11 second-round picks. So, again, when teams are throwing five second-round picks and they got Thibault for two, you couldn't have gone three? Like, and and people can say, well, you know, Thibault, who knows what? You know what? I feel a lot more comfortable going into a series, a playoff series, against, let's say, the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, if I have Matisse Thibel, then if I don't, you know, and if I'm the Portland Trailblazers right now and I'm looking at somehow getting to a playoff series against the Sacramento Kings, who do you think is going to be defending uh, De'Aaron Fox the whole game? Well, that's Matisse Thibel. Like, there are some players that, like, is it the difference between them winning 45 and winning 52? No, it's not that difference. But it's the difference between you actually having a player that can help with your defensive, your lack of defensive acumen. One thing that I will say that I learned from the great Bill Walton, who learned from the great John Wooden, yep, is never mistake activity for achievement. And you talk about teams loading up in the Western Conference. Phoenix loaded up. Dallas, did they load up? I don't know. Los Angeles loaded up. Clippers? I, Los Angeles, Clippers. Yeah. That's but who I'm Lake, talking And about. Lakers. Clippers, I mean, the Lakers got better. Loaded up? Like, Lakers going to make top six now? I, I they don't about know. to lose a game tonight. There's <laughs> like 25 left. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who the Lakers are going to be. All I got to tell you is that they replaced six rotational players and got better. They got better. They absolutely a- got those better. those six rotational players are better support pieces around two superstars than the previous guys. They, they absolutely got better. But yeah. they still – one of the superstars – Absolutely can't play more than three weeks in a row. No, so, that's true. So there's that. LeBron has a foot issue. That's I think that's the reason why he's not playing tonight. He didn't finish that game on Tuesday because of a foot yeah. issue. So who knows what's going on with that? Then you talk about New Orleans and the move to get um, Josh Richardson to get Josh Richardson to Devont- for Devontae Graham. Graham hasn't really been playing for them. Yeah, he has. I mean, it's that's not loading up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? No, uh, what Minnesota did? What Minnesota did? isn't loading up. You know what I mean? These teams yeah. that are around the Kings, they just made move. Portland didn't load up. They moved Josh Hart to get Thibault. That's hey, damn near lateral. You did there it. You go, hey, that's my guy right <laughs> Josh there. Hart. They moved him to get uh to 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 get Thibault. They got my guy Cam Reddish. That may oh, take him over. I the don't top. know that we even mentioned Gary Payton the second went back to second. Golden State. Yeah. yeah. Back to the Warriors. Yeah. But the Warriors that I mean that's the Warriors that's got better. I mean, they didn't get markedly better. They got better. Okay. Uh, I mean, Gary that's Pace. A, but, I, but the whole point is these people ain't load up. They made a move. A lot they're of them. They're scared of the Kings. They're scared. Uh, well, look, Who's guarding De'Aaron we, we Fox? Joke, that's what they're asking. We joke a little bit, but a lot of them made moves to keep up. 
The Warriors made moves to well, keep up. Portland I, made moves to keep up. Yeah. I, th- I think they made moves because they feel like the conference is open. Not, I'm not saying specifically the Kings. I'm no, just I know. What you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and to, to your point, that's what – like the conference is wide open. Mm-hmm. That's why these teams did this. They looked at him and went, man, we could go represent the Western Conference. All we got to do is make a couple of moves. New yeah. Orleans can't make, represent the Western Conference going from Graham to but they, Richardson. But they might think that if Zion comes back and Brandon Ingram comes back and they're looking it, like we might have a chance to we might have a chance yeah. to do what Phoenix did a couple of years ago. They might have a chance with Zion and Ingram, not because they got Josh Richardson. That's well, my whole point. No, like, I, these I, are, I understand These that. are moves just to kind of make a move to say we did something. Your move is getting Zion Williamson back. Let's, 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 uh, let's pause. We'll come back. Uh, Matt George will join us. And it'll be uh, a, 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 a colossal battle of positivity and negativity, uh, just meeting head to head. It's the, the the mega powers explode here uh, next on Sacramento Sports Leader Stilo and Casey James Ham uh, on ESPN thirteen twenty. continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Well, three serious broadcast journalists are here. Uh, Dilo Casey, James Ham. I don't know really how to describe what's happening with Matt. I don't know when this started. Like we used to just sit down and talk Kings basketball with Matt. <laughs> Something has happened in recent weeks. We had Matt the return of Maddie McQueen. <laughs> Which got a big pop, but unfortunately, the next week, Maddie McQueen turned into Sadie McQueen, uh, and then we got the the the, the birth of of, of uh, Drake poetry, Lord Batty. I shout don't out, shout out to that Drake poetry. I don't know what this is, but Matt is dressed like a Amazon basic version of Kyle Kuzma <laughs> with a. a Ski mask, great value pulled over, and in your he's Kuz. clearly wearing his baby's. Quilt with no shirt on, I think, and and has just made everybody. It's the only way to do it. You you got to go to YouTube and see this. I looked it up uh, on Fat Albert. It's actually Dumb Donald, which makes a ton of sense here. Okay, that's who. That's the character with the beanie (laughs) over its head. Yep, and the beanie was pink too, just so like like uh, Matt's beanie here. Yeah, I love it, Matt. I love it, man. Don't don't let the haters bring you down, man. I'm with you. I'm riding with you, big dog. Wasn't Dumb Donald president? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Now he's Hi, all right. <laughs> all right. Ma- Hi, Matty Q- Kuzma here. I'm I'm wearing this outfit, one, because of Kenny Caraway, and two, an active protest of the Sacramento Kings not going out and trading for my cousin Kyle, who oh, has God. auditioned time and time again in Sacramento by putting buckets on the Kings, and yet the Kings never go out and get him, <laughs> even though it was the Lakers' fault that he didn't come for the first time. Now, Poor Kyle. Now, wait a minute, Matt Scheisty. This is a question that I ask everybody. How do you know they didn't try? Uh, well, Kyle's my cousin. He texted me. Oh, well, he's not the front office, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how he would know. <laughs> okay, let's, let's try to reel this in here a little bit because we know how James feels uh, regarding the Kings not making a deal uh, these last couple of days. Or today the trade deadline coming and going matt what do you think about the kings not making a deal uh, i think it's totally fine in fact i think it's 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 100 what i expected i mean my expectation for the last couple of weeks and i've said it on locked on kings for the past couple of weeks is i expect this team to either make very minor moves which kessler uh, uh edwards is a, a extremely minor move or stay put 
and on trade deadline day, they, they stay put. I understand that this Kings team clearly has holes and in no way am I saying or is Monty McNair thinking that this Kings team is perfect as is. But in terms of this core and the schedule that they're on, like to me, the rest of the league reacted today. The, West of the, uh, the rest of the Western Conference reacted today to the Kevin Durant bombshell last night. And the teams that are reacting are teams that have win-now windows and older teams that are expected to make it right now. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings are amongst those teams in a position to where, sure, it, it, it's no guarantee that they'll ever be the third seed again at this point, but at the same time, they're ahead of schedule. They have guys under contract in the same, well, to some extent, with a, a hopefully an extension to Harrison Barnes and an extension to um, uh, DeMontis Sabonis looming in the next couple of off seasons. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, like they're all in the same age timeline and everything. So the, the Kings are ahead of schedule. And while other teams, I felt, had to react and had to kind of panic by the Suns forcefully inserting themselves into the Western Conference Finals and maybe NBA Finals um, sweepstakes, the Kings are in a position to where they can sit comfortably knowing that this core has gotten them this far. And any addition that they were going to make today was a seventh, eighth man in the rotation that sure would have helped, especially with bolstering depth, maybe saving De'Aaron's legs and saving DeMontis Sabonis' legs a little bit and improving the defense, minor uh, minor adjustments, minor improvements, things like that. But in reality, the core six, the ones that weren't going to get moved today, the ones that weren't going to get touched, those are the six, and especially the top two in Fox and Sabonis, that are going to take the Kings as far as they're going to go. So I expected a very underwhelming day, and I expected Kings fans to not necessarily overreact, but be a little disappointed compared to what the rest of the league would do, because with the West being in such a tight race, I expected fireworks, and, and we got it outside of Sacramento, which I thought was necessary. You know, Matt and James as well, Damien as well, uh, one of the things Thank I you. feel gets lost in in all of this when you talk about the Sacramento Kings is maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a one man wolf pack, but uh, I think the Kings are pretty damn good. Yeah, as they are. Like I think they're a yeah. good team. You know what I mean? And they're a team that's eight games over five hundred for a reason. And that doesn't mean they're flawless or they're without um, any type of holes in the roster. But I think they're a good team as is. And when we talk about like, um, you know, it's got to get time for got to get guys to come in and save the legs of Sabonis and Fox and things of that nature. To me, that time was December and January. That time's over. We're going to come back from the all-star break and it's a sprint to try and make the the playoffs. And DeMontis and Fox are going to be playing their 35 minutes a night like that. the, The time to save their legs, that's over. It's time to get the job done now. So when you get about you get to talking about the the trade deadline and who you would bring in, if there was a, a deal there to be made and somebody was there to do it, which it's all good. I'm not against the deal, but I also I also look at this situation as they have a good team, and if you're worried about saving legs, that time's over. It's time to it's time to bring this thing on home. Well, I see Joseph Thomas in in the chat, and this is something that I've interacted with a lot today, saying Matt continues to be way too confident in this team. They haven't given me a reason not to be. I mean, you you look at the situation they're in. I know there are inefficiencies with this team. There are clear holes. You don't have to be a genius to, to recognize that. But at the same time, this Sacramento Kings team has avoided skids that almost every other one of these teams in the Western Conference have been on. They have not lost more than two consecutive games since November. They continue to respond. They overcome adversity. They had a horrible shooting stretch during this road tip trip, had two games without their star in De'Aaron Fox, still went four and three. The six-game road trip earlier in the season went through adversity during that trip. 
still came home third and three. This team has shown a consistent a consistent ability to respond and win in different ways. This team has shown me more reason to believe in them this year than to not believe in them based off of the last 16 years of maybe our wounded expectations as Kings fans. That has nothing to do with this Kings team. This Kings team has consistently showed me as constructed, they are capable of remaining where they're at. And the West was always going to be difficult. It was never going to be easy for the Kings to close this out. There were always going to be teams biting at the ankles of the Kings because the Kings are the least experienced team out of this bunch. The addition of Kevin Durant, damn right, makes it harder. The addition of Kyrie Irving, you're damn right, it makes it harder. But this is the experience that you want this team to get. So they're either going to learn how to win and be successful and maintain this spot, which I think they will maintain a top six seed. Maybe not top three or top four in home court advantage, but top six seed is the goal. I think they will do that. Or they're going to fail trying and learn from that experience and hopefully come back an even better team next year. It's my belief that this experience plus playoff experience and probably a playoff loss is what this Kings team needs to help make that jump to the next level. That the core is what needs to establish or what needs to experience that, not Matisse Thibel or Richardson or whoever, insert name here, depth guy that Monty McNair might have acquired. James. Yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, oh, I'll just say, like, this team is 24th in the league in defensive rating. They are absolutely atrocious. That's not playoff basketball, and it's not the final 25 games of the season basketball either. Like they they know Mike uh, Mike Brown talked about it today. The the game changes after the All Star break. Yeah. This is when the real teams come out and play, and the teams that are that that don't understand that get thumped. And like Mike said that, yeah, he said today. He said like, look, after the All Star game, this is when the playoffs really start. This is when it starts. This is based when, on what? Based on like every year that you're in the league, you watch teams come into the. Like that last twenty five games is always difficult. It it's where teams look at like Dave Yeager's thirty nine win team, right? What were they after the All Star break? They were so far under five hundred, like they just got thumped. They and, also and, couldn't play in the half court though. Well, I mean, yeah, but they were great the whole first half of the season. It didn't matter whether they played in the half court or not. Well, because they ran people out of gyms, but Dave Yeager was also consistent in saying that that team didn't know enough to run more than basic plays. That's a problem. This team is way more advanced than that. That team also didn't know how to play defense at all, and this team, just like this team, doesn't know how to play defense. Like, that's that's the problem. Like, and so, well, I, I agree that, like, you know, they're still probably going to be in the playoff picture. Like, there is potential for them because I don't believe the play-in is the playoffs. And like, and I don't think the league counts the play in as the playoffs either. If you can't avoid a, the seven seed, you're going to be in trouble. And again, this team doesn't have the experience. Who is it that was it Cleveland that got bounced? Who is it the no Charlotte the last two years that made it to the play in and got bounced? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to avoid if you're the Kings. And to be honest, I, I just don't think they did enough. Like this team is fun. They have clear holes. They have, I mean, their rotation might end at seven guys, eight guys at the most, and then they have clear holes. And it's not like we're talking about something we didn't talk about two weeks ago or three months ago. Still the same holes. And you know that they're there. I mean, Mike is doing patchwork stuff to get the team through. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, At the same time, like, I hear people, oh, the the buyout market. Maybe the Kings will jump into the buyout market. It's like, when has a buyout player ever come to Sacramento? When do they like 
get out of a contract with a team that they're with and go, oh, I'm going to go play for the Kings. It's never happened. So so I get it, but at the same time, maybe this year is different. Uh, maybe that we're maybe I am slightly jaded, but you know, we got a lot of things to talk about here and you can even like you you opened up Matt by mentioning that Harrison Barnes will get an extension. Harrison Barnes may leave this summer. And so we can't say that this team is on the rise or they're way ahead of schedule. No, they're they're 15 years behind schedule. They're just catching up to where they should have been many times before. Where can I see this schedule you two speak of? <laughs> is it posted somewhere? Is there a magnet that I could put yeah. on my refrigerator? Yeah, I'm just saying like like you can't just shirk off the 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 three seeds. Say, oh, well, we don't really belong at the three seeds, so it's okay if we fall a couple of spots. No, you're in it. Like you're in it like every other team is in it. Why does it why do people think that the Kings can't be someone who goes out and trades for somebody at the trade deadline? And they're and they're in it because of the guys they have and the guys that are in it are fully confident that they can maintain that. Like I, I also don't think that it's fair to the guys that have done it all year long. All year long. They've answered every bell. We've come in here on every Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever, and said, yo, this stretch right here, they, they've got to get it done or else I can't take them seriously every time they get it done. And they are probably looking at this situation as they didn't make a move. Thank you. I love my teammates. Let's go finish what we started. We're good enough. Like I, I, I don't know where they're going to be three, four, five, or six, or even seven or eight, but I know this team doesn't lack confidence, and I know it's a good team. It's a good ball club. They've done their work early where they're eight games over 500, where there's been a couple of numbers going on right now. I talk all the time, finish the season on a 500 record for the rest of the season. And what these other teams have to do to beat the, the other teams to like beat them if the Kings play 500 basketball are like 18 and nine to finish the season. Like they've got to play pretty damn good if the Kings are just average. And they've done that because of the, the buffer that they've created at this point up until this point into the season. I, I would say that the top seven, eight players, sure. The rest of the team, like, there comes a point where you owe it to the players that are actually playing, that are actually carrying the load, that the guys that Sabonis is playing so many minutes, Fox is playing so many minutes, these guys that are sitting there game in and game out, you owe it to them to add reinforcements to the team, to make their lives easier, to help them get over the hump, and to secure whatever position they can get at the playoffs. And this shouldn't be about, like, how far can we drop? It should be about... How far can we climb? Like, how good can we be? And I, I think we're we're limiting how how good the Kings can be by by saying, well, you know, they're not there yet. So it, it's fine that they do nothing at this trade deadline when everyone else in not only their division but everyone else vying for a Western Conference playoff spot did something to get better. So my question is, though, why are we looking at this with the expectation that the Kings are going to drop when the Kings are closer to the second seed than they are to the? Play in picture to buy a game nine, or ten. two games, but okay. But they're still that's still the situation. Yeah. Like they're still close. So they're in this position. They're eight games over five hundred. We're well over fifty games into the season. No matter what, it was going to be a fight at the end of the season. I just don't understand what adding an eighth or nine man to the rotation is going to do. Mm -hmm. You think that's going to fix your defensive rating? Well, I think Matisse Thybul would have helped defensively absolutely. But is he going to replace Davion or is he going to replace Malik Monk in the in the rotation? And if so. That's 12 say. minutes a night. I mean, we're, like, we're not talking about someone who's going to come in and, and take a starting spot and play a significant role 
who is going to completely change the way the Sacramento Kings play. It's still on the core players who are learning how to play defense and quite frankly, not good at playing a defense to figure things out throughout the rest of the season. I think that's like my, my main point is it was always going to be on the untouchable for lack of a better term, the six that Monty has committed to essentially mm -hmm. to figure it out and adding reinforcements is great. But I think there was too much expectation that a reinforcement, a, a Mason Plumley, was going to come in here and make that much of a significant difference. When in reality, they're they're holding minutes down. Plumley, Thibel, and Josh Richardson weren't going to keep the Clippers from chasing down the Kings or the Suns. Like that's and that's my whole thing. Will those guys are those guys good ball players and can they help? Absolutely. But the fate of what this team does this year is on those eight guys that you talked about. It is now. I, I certainly, I'll tell you, if I'm going into a playoff series with Portland, Golden State, uh, Denver, Dallas, uh, name that team, even the, the Timberwolves, and I have a choice between having Matisse Thibel to slow down one of their scores or not having Matisse Thibel, I'm going to choose to have him, which is what the Philadelphia 76ers have done for the last three years. They just decided to go away from this year. And that's their prerogative. You know, he's a restricted free agent. They didn't want to pay him. There's plenty of reasons. They got young guys that are coming up. But we're talking about a guy who's two-time uh, uh, second-team all-defensive, all-NBA defensive team. I mean, like, these things do matter. Like, if you can slow one player, that actually does matter in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, look, there's not one player that was going to fix everything. But if you added two or three players to sure up the back end of your rotation— you very well could have gone from 24th in defensive rating right now to 15th by the end of the season. But add two or three impactful players while giving up assets that you don't value. Like, you weren't going to trade away top six, top seven guys on the roster. Nobody wants Rashawn Holmes's contract. Rashawn Holmes's negative value. Maybe you part from Terrence Davis and you have a boatload of second round picks. But why do we think that that's a valuable trove to throw out there to entice anybody? I know I saw five second rounders for Jay Crowder. I know it was like, what, two second rounders for Matisse Thibel. Maybe the price was different for the Sacramento Kings. Maybe they wanted something that Monty wasn't willing to give up. I, I just don't think that realistically it was it was realistic to expect two to three acquisitions that are going to make a difference for this roster when you're not giving up anything outside of, at best, Terrence Davis. Yeah, but again, look at what these other teams gave up for those players. And it's it's all second round picks. Like, that's what they gave up. So we can say, you can't say, well, we don't know if they would have, if the deal was different for the Kings. Like, it's the NBA. If you have a better deal, you take a better deal. Like, that's that's the way it goes. And the Kings have already shown us that they don't care about their second-round picks at all. They traded last one last year for Sasha Vazenkov that may never come over. They traded the other one for two future second-round picks. It ended up being Jaden Hardy, which is actually a really good young player on, on Dallas Mavericks. Like, they've shown us that they don't really value those as as player chips that they value them as trade options. And I'm not saying go out there and trade five of them because uh, I thought that that was crazy, but certainly you had expiring contracts. You could have pieced together and you could have made moves to get some of these players. And one player would not have like changed everything. Two players, three players, they would have helped you. They would have helped you cement where you are in the standings. They would have helped you be a better team. We, we fall in love with the idea of change. And we often think change is better. Sometimes I don't, I don't think change is always better. 
Um, Matisse Thybul is a. It, I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm a hundred percent on your side, James, with Matisse Thybul. I think he's a really good pop. Me we too. We don't we don't know that it would have worked. Like I I, I mean, sh- sure, and you could say that about anything. Like and, of course, and I've been saying that. Like, yo, Kevin Durant to the war to, to the Suns. It looks crazy, but there are some flaws in this whole idea. Now again. Kevin Durant's so great. Devin Booker's so great. They got a, a, a great coach, DeAndre Ayton. Maybe they could all get on track. Everything work out. You you can if you look at both sides, like it can be a little like all right, like I I, I get the good, I get the bad. I don't feel like the change was out there for 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 the Kings. I I, I believe that the depth was out there uh, uh, with hopes of adding to the depth was out there, but I don't I don't believe there was anything truly moving out there. And I think one disconnect that James and I have. Is I actually, and I know you, I have a gut feeling, and you have numbers. I, I actually think the Kings are better defensively than that 23rd rating that they have. Why they don't consistently play better than that, I'm not sure. But we see it, and we've talked about it. The glimpses. Well, if basketball really does change after the All-Star break, then we need to see longer doses of those glimpses. Those glimpses need to be full on looks. Like they need to go out longer because clearly, if, if you know, we're talking. Matt was talking about this a minute ago. A vote of confidence uh, from this front office to that roster. Okay, you're going to have to re- reward that vote of confidence with what we saw in the defensive end against Minnesota and against San Antonio. That's what we're going to need to see because what we saw yesterday, which we've barely got to talk about, but what we saw yesterday, hey, we'll take the win. That was trash. Trash. You gave 130 points to a horrible You team. can't do that. So, hey, we're all here. Everybody feel good? I know you tweeted uh, today that Monty and Wes were at practice. Pull it. Hey, I believe in you guys. You're going to have to reward me for that and not give up 130 the next time we play one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Somebody say something. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. There was, just, I know there was no question. Just out there, there, you're just out I, there speaking facts. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying it. Don't nobody score with them, man. Don't nobody score with the Kings, and we get, we've been dismissing it for months now. Ah, it's just gonna, it's gonna change. It's gonna change. When they score, don't nobody score with them. Like they score at an elite level. And I'm not saying that's going to win you a championship. I'm not saying that's going to guarantee you the top six. But nobody in the league has been able to find figure that out yet on a consistent basis. Toronto did one time. I think Minnesota in the first time. But a lot of that had to do with the Kings missing wide open threes. Like no, but when this team scores, when they get 115 or more, they rarely ever lose because teams can't score with them. And it's not even like five times at this point. It's like 30 games where they scored 115 or more, and they're like 28-6 and six or something like that. Yeah, but the worst team in basketball just scored with them last night, and the only reason they won is because Eric Gordon clearly didn't. Like, I have no idea what happened. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm fouling De'Aaron. I, but we can we can move the goalposts on almost, like, on plenty of Kings wins this season if we want to. We can nitpick, oh, if this didn't happen. The, regard, the bottom line is the Kings won. Well, like they yeah, cont- I, and I don't, just to be, I don't think that's what James was doing. I think James yeah. was more focused on. The 115. You can't, you can't give up that amount of points. Yeah. Oh, agreed. I mean, no one's going to say that the, the, the it's a good defense when you're giving up that many points. But the point is, even though the Kings have consistently struggled defensively, 
offensively throughout the season, giving up far more points than they need to, they're still winning the majority of the games they play. They're still eight games above 500. So whether teams can hang offensively with, uh, with the Kings or not, like Kenny is saying, like defensively, this team has shown an ability, at least at this point in the season, to get the stops needed when it matters, get the key turnovers needed when it matters, or hit the big shot when it matters. And it's not just one or two guys doing it every single night. It's a different guy with the depth that the Kings have stepping up on a different night. And also like, we don't know what other level this Kings team is capable of taking it to. These games are as meaningful as De'Aaron has ever played in his entire career. These games might be as meaningful as DeMontis Sabonis has ever played in his entire career. And you can go down the list of this roster. Like every, these two games against like, to me, the playoffs start now, like these two games against the Mavericks tomorrow and Saturday, huge games. Then you have the the Suns that are shorthanded. Kevin Durant's yep. probably not going to play in that game on February. Yep. That might be a must-win game because you have two more against Phoenix when Durant is going to be back later on. Like put up or shut up time too. Like this is where I expect De'Aaron. If De'Aaron's getting better defensively, okay, go out and win me a game offensively and defensively in the fourth quarter. De'Aaron, DeMontis, Havonis, the same thing. So I expect this team to even get better in crucial situations, if they are truly the team we they thought they are. And if they don't rise to that occasion, well, then you have to reanalyze if you're Monty McNair this upcoming offseason. Uh, question for everyone. Um, Dallas, Phoenix, LA. That, uh, Dallas, Phoenix, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Those the teams that got the best o- o- over the last 24 hours, got improved the most the last 24 hours? I'm not a believer of Dallas personally. I'm, I don't. I don't think it's going to work. I, I, I don't I, think it's going to work. I'm kind of with you on that. You want to talk about not playing no defense? Yeah. yeah like, there's that. Yeah. I mean, like Phoenix. Phoenix gave up a ton too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, see, like see, literally yeah, the mortgage like, broker guy. He mortgaged everything. <laughs> he walked in the door and said, "Okay, we're we're not only giving up two exceptional young forwards, we're giving up four first round picks and pick swaps and everything else. See, I, I that was and, and, and that's exactly what I was talking about. Those were the splashy moves. Mm-hmm. But we've got to see that executed. Mm-hmm. And even if even if even if it executes to perfection for everyone involved, those three teams, they're already top six teams. Mm-hmm. So it's really what do you think about Minnesota and New Orleans? Is Golden State finally going to make that run? These are teams at Portland. These are teams that haven't done that yet. No, I mean even the Lakers, but uh, and 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 the Lakers again. The Lakers got the Bucks tonight with nobody. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's Anthony Davis versus the Bucks tonight. <laughs> even Patrick Beverly is gone. Like they've got <laughs> nothing. Yeah, and and like I don't know if the Bucks are going to win the game. I know who should win the game. Yeah. That's another loss for the Lakers. Loss. At some point, and this is use Kenny's line. The season's going to end. I agree. The only thing you worry about with the Lakers is somehow you end up in the play-in, and then you got to go against them in a one. They might not end up in the play-in is the point that I'm trying to make. I mean, that's possible, but we're like if they're going to catch the Kings, that's one thing. But catching the teams that are right there above them, that's I mean, there are two teams that are literally going to fall and drop that they can move and and be the 11th spot. So all they got to do is take down one more team, whether it's Portland or it's and look here, you play the Lakers in the play-in, you beat them. Simple as that. Like, what were we afraid of with this team? Like, the team eight games over 500. They're putting 130 on everybody every time they play them. You beat them. That's what you do. I'll point out to you. It'd be a sweet way to get to the playoffs, too, by the (laughs) way, if you beat the Los Angeles Well, it'd be two with the, the Warriors, too. Like oh, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you only need one. Yeah. The Kings strength. Well, hopefully schedule. we need none. By the <laughs> way, hopefully we need none. <laughs> the Kings' remaining strength of schedule is the third most difficult in the NBA. It's a five twenty four 
win percentage. Schedule was on the bingo card. Yeah, yes. there you go. Hammer. Yes. They got Very three nice games hammer. against the Suns. They've got one against the Nets, which like that doesn't matter. They still have one against the Bucks. They still have one against the Celtics. One against the, the Nuggets. Three against Dallas. Some of these teams that that weren't that tough might be a little more difficult. And once again, I, I wish you'd tell the whole story because when they play Phoenix, they should they should beat Phoenix on Tuesday. Phoenix will have no Michael Bridges, no Cam Johnson, no Kevin Durant. Go ahead, Matt. But this is what we want. Like, this is what you want the Sacramento Kings to face this. This is the experience that this team needs to get. Like, this is what you want. I mean, it, it, a, a clear path to the playoffs, no matter the circumstances, was never going to be easy. Like, it, it just never was going to be. There was going to be some team that either made a big move at the trade deadline or multiple teams like we saw, or teams that have had the experience and have the experience before that were going to put pressure on the Sacramento Kings and be biting at the heels so that even the Kings have to be worried on a night when they're not playing a Western Conference team that if they lose, they're going to they're gonna lose ground. Like, that's, that's the reality of the situation. That's the experience that this Kings team needs to get to. I agree with Kenny 100%. What are you afraid of? You've gotten this far as a group. You believe in each other. You believe in what you're doing. You know you have inefficiencies. Every Everybody else knows you have inefficiencies. Everybody else also knows that you can put up 130 to 140 points on them on any given night if, if the ball's uh, dropping. Plus, if you get to the fourth quarter and it's a close game, you can't stay in front of De'Aaron Fox, even if your name is Matisse Theibel. Like, De'Aaron can get anywhere he wants on the floor in the fourth quarter. There's nothing There's no one, nothing anybody can do to stop him, in my opinion, at this point in time. So the Sacramento Kings, as of right now, should have all confidence that if they slide, it's going to be minor. And then all these games, all these tests, they're going to be ready to meet it. Like, and, and that's why I think Monty McNair is right in having that faith in this roster to not make any kind of drastic move or the wrong minor move to try and change their positioning. What are you afraid of? I, think that- I, I can tell you this. like The San Francisco 49ers were a really fun team this year. They're really good. They became a great team when they went and got Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey wasn't available for the Kings. There, there was no a, Christian oh, no. McCaffrey to get. We're not Christian sure McCaffrey that, is one of the best players in the league. You we're weren't not getting sh- one of the best players in the league for the Sacramento Kings. We're not sure that that's the case because there were great players that got moved all over the place. Well, there, we're also talking were, about a team that has win-now expectations really versus a team in Sacramento that's, that's chilling. Like I, a team I, that's on the right path. Why would the Kings be chilling? Like that, that to me, that never makes any sense. Yeah, I don't the agree two, with that. The two yeah. best players that were over Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You said hell no to Kyrie, so take him off the board. And you, the Kings don't even have four first rounders to give uh, no, the Nets for Kevin Durant. That's were, Christian McCaffrey. But there were other uh, very good players that were moved, like at the at the deadline. Who? Who's Christian McCaffrey? Well, I don't know that a Christian McCaffrey. That's all there, I'm saying. I don't, I don't think a Christian McCaffrey player was moved. Durant's above McCaffrey. McCaffrey, McCaffrey's, it was flawless. Like, it, it, it oh, worked yeah. out beautifully. Yeah. But there was also a, look, this isn't working here. We don't know what we could do with this. He landed in the most perfect spot imaginable. Mm-hmm. I have no clue who that player is in the NBA and whether that play. Or maybe if that player was, would even work with Maybe the it was OG. Yeah. yeah I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. But. Who nobody went and got. Well, or Toronto wasn't willing to give I, up. I that think too. that's that's where Toronto that went. They you know they went out and got Pirtle and were like, all right, maybe we keep the band back together one more year and see if we can figure. I this don't thing know out. what the issue is with the Raptors, but to me, it's not talent. No, no, and I no. I don't know. I agree. I don't mean I, to be disparaging yeah, to Coach Nick Nurse. I don't know if it's him. 
there's something off with them because yeah. there's no reason for that team being in the position that they are. I agree. Yeah. Van Vliet didn't even get moved. I mean, like, look. Right. We talk about, like, the Kings. Van Vliet's damn near the new John Collins at this point. <laughs> there we go. They're trying to move Van Fleet every every trade. Well, he's mind. restricted. I mean, he's unrestricted at the end of the year, and, and he turned down a major contract <laughs> extension, and so they're, like, looking around. I'd make this point, too. Like, look, we don't know what's out there and what could help this team or what couldn't, but, like, they're – they're clearly at a point where you can see that they could get better if they they took another swing, if they could get another big-time player. And it's about setting yourself up to not just make the playoffs one time mm-hmm. and then not make it. And and I'll keep pointing to that. Just because they could possibly make it this year does not mean that they will make it next year. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they'll be able to bring back Harrison Barnes or a player as good as Harrison Barnes, and you might be taking that step back. So there there should never be a hangout moment. Like, if you can go and get better, especially long-term, and we talk about, like, all these little moves, how do we know there there couldn't have been a big move? Like, yeah, you could upset the, the delicate balance in the locker room. That's worth it to cement yourself as a really good playoff team long-term. Like, if there's a way that you could have got in on a Mikel Bridges or if you could have got in on an OG Ananobi and you had to give up something and take a step back today to be really good for three years or four years or five years. I just don't know that you, you gotta take that this. risk. Yeah, James, would you have traded uh Keegan Murray for Michael Bridges? That would have been tough, but I would have had to consider it. Matt? What about you, Matt? Nope. I would I'm not budging. I don't think I would have. And it's not even really the talent. It's I would have loved to have seen them together. The How do we get those situation two when you have Oh yeah, Sabonis and Fox. Well, Fox is already good, but Sabonis potentially Barnes. Well, Fox like is good for now. Yeah, yeah right. It's right. not that far away. Right. Yeah, there's, I, there's I, I don't think the Kings. The Kings would not have done it. Right. Like from my talking, my conversations with them, they think so highly of Keegan Murray that they wouldn't have even ventured that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't have given up something to get their unlock their first round picks and mm-hmm. like unloaded a truckload of first round picks to go get a player. Can can we we're, we're mention something just more slightly lighthearted that I noticed the other day? I think Matt will appreciate this. I really believe Keegan Murray is tired of people bringing up the fact that he doesn't react to anything. <laughs> He's actually probably getting pissed off. I, no, did, did you? I don't. Did you see? Like he was he was on. I think it was with Drapes and Kenny, the must see show following following Kings games. And Drapes I don't remember. I don't remember if it was Draper or Kenny, but somebody said something about him not smiling or re- reacting. It was the day De'Aaron came back, and he was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> it's a, I think he's over it. I think he's like, guys, like we've established this. Like, we we stop bringing it up, and he's a hundred percent in the right. I, I would tell me, shut the hell up. Stop asking me about that. I'm never look. I'm never going to smile in my life. Stop asking me. What did Nick Saban say? Quit asking. I have a house oh, full of introverts. Like I way. get it. I, I have a house full of introverts, and like <laughs> your house did not look like it was full of introverts, by the way. Oh uh, my! There. My son and my wife both are total introverts. Inside the house, they're fine. Outside the house, <laughs> nope. And that's that's one of those things where it's like, look, this is who that's who he is. He can't help that that's how he reacts, and that it. I could see it wearing on him after all this time. Like I've tried to get him to laugh here and there, and he he does like that. Probably mind. pisses him off even more. Matt, yeah. ask him tomorrow. Ask Keegan to laugh. <laughs> ask him why he doesn't smile. What if he busts out a Kawhi? I'll Leonard give you three dollars, Matt. I'll give you three dollars. What if he <laughs> hits so... us with a? <laughs> 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 he goes all awkward. Cle- laugh. Clearly, cl- 
Clearly, Matt's an introvert with his uh, quilted shirt slash That's blanket. That's a star. He's a damn star. Uh, that's funny. Also, Keegan showed his personality on Star Wars night when he tried to do a Wookiee sound. So I'm I'm, I'm Team Keegan on at least giving that Hold a shot up. too. And how, he was smiling. Who is that? I don't know what a Wookiee is, but how did how did when did this <laughs> he happen? Know what a is. It was so Star Wars night. They did a like impersonate the characters. Terrence Davis was a part of it too, and absolutely refused to do every single one. <laughs> he didn't know, and that's why I were. love Terrence Davis. <laughs> And Keegan Murray did all of them in the same tone, except he <laughs> smiled and laughed when he tried to do Chewbacca, the big hairy thing. Well, I know what Chewbacca is, but what's is, wait, Chewbacca's a Wookiee. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what a Wookiee is. Yeah, yeah walking okay. rug. Okay. So you got some what is a Wookiee? There's sound? more than one Chewbacca. Now you're gonna get. Is there yes, a family there are, of Chewbaccas? There, yes, they're really? they're a race of of. Of, oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait. Of, <laughs> really insensitive of you, actually. Wait, wait yeah. a minute. We ain't talking <laughs> about Star Wars in February. We ain't doing that. <laughs> These guys, they have Wookie no idea. Month? Yeah, wait, let's see if Matt will do a Wookiee noise for us. Yeah, That's can you do that? Like. What's a Wookiee sound like? Nope. Bro, you're wearing a quilt. You <laughs> wow. can't make a Wookiee noise? I, There's I, a line. There is a line that I don't cross. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we finally found it. Who knew? <laughs> Uh, Matt, great stuff as always. James, great stuff as always. If you're listening on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app and you want more coverage of this trade deadline day, you want more uh, from James Hamm and the whole crew and Matt George, hang tight. We're going to run it back next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings!